Give my regards to that suicidally romantic scoundrel. Well, let's hope he's just romantic. Hello, welcome to Cheap Scares, a horror podcast that is all over the globe and full of surprises. I'm your host, Sybil Arnett, and with me is... Uh, I can't believe you forced me to watch this zombie filth. <laughs> oh, life is suffering. I can only, I can only express this feeling through playing my gigantic antique loot. No, I'm kidding. Hi, I'm David Schneider. And this week, as you might have guessed from my co-host's impression, we watched a Jim Jarmusch film, Only Lovers (laughs) Left Alive. To, To be fair, I have never seen a Jim Jarmusch film before now, I believe. So. I will. This is. Go go ahead and introduce it. <laughs> I This is not going to be a full history of the director, because that is not what we do here. We focus on the films. But uh, Jarmish is known for having a very conversational style, even though he will dip in and out of genre films. He's done a gangster-slash-samurai film, Ghost Dog Way of the Samurai. He has done a series of short films that are just linked by characters drinking coffee and smoking cigarettes he's done westerns he's done horror comedies with actual zombies and today we chose 2013's only lovers left alive a romance slash horror film about two vampire lovers in the modern day i i admit uh when you first described it uh until until you clarified some more pieces of it i i had confused it with a different vampire comedy from around the same time. Uh, it's What We Do in the Dark, something. What We Do in the Shadows. Called. In the Shadows, excuse me. Uh, so I was kind of expecting more of a comedy. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it kind of is. It's, it, it's got comedy in it. Yes, um, it's, it's very bleak about it. But uh, this is definitely... This is definitely one of those, uh, let's let's say, extremely character-centric films. It's sort of like a slice of life, except vampires in this case. And uh, yeah, it, it, this is really not usually the type of thing that I would seek out on my own. These films have like, it, it's it's probably better if I just see the highlights that other people recommend. Because uh, I get kind of mad because they tend to be a little self-important, like uh, just it's, it's seemingly just uh, I don't know, just angry about the very idea of having a plot. Which this <laughs> like this one, this one again, not that bad. However, there is basically one event for the entire first hour. The um. The first time I saw a Jarmish film was Ghost Dog Way of the Samurai, and I was expecting something very different from what I got when it came out, and I left <laughs> I the imagine. theater. Uh, I came back to it years later, and I liked it more then, but I can 
absolutely see bouncing off when you hear the concept of one of his films and then are confronted with a Jarmusch <laughs> film. <laughs> like, I, I liked it. I, I did enjoy this movie. Um, I hate all of the characters in it, <laughs> but um, it, 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 def- it had a, an interesting, like, sort of flow to it, and it, 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 I was never bored watching it i never i never thought like this is just a complete waste of my time or anything like that which a lot of i i'm 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 sorry i'm just complaining about other movies that aren't this one um but they just it's just this tendency to just linger on nothing and then pretend that it's deep like uh you remember the video game developer tale of tales yes yeah it's that's basically what I'm thinking of. Look up, uh, I, I believe it's called The Path. That's There's a the free one. version on Steam. <laughs> uh, if you're not familiar, uh, just load that up and see how you feel, and then either agree with me or discard my opinion entirely. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I promise anything I bring up will be something that I suspect you will enjoy. I'm not going right. full art house on you anytime soon. All right. Well, that's that's fair. It's it's okay if you do. <laughs> I'm just, I, I want something I'm, that's I'm going extre- to be discussable, though. Yeah, I'm extremely picky about this sort of thing, whereas uh, most vampire movies you can just throw in front in front of me, and it's just it can just be as trashy as I feel like. Well, good news. Vampires Suck will be my next pick. Okay, great. Great. (laughs) That's going to be two episodes from now. (laughs) No, no. If you know what that is. um... Is that one of those uh, one of those uh, parody in many quotation marks movies? Uh, That's the one. That was the Twilight one. Cool. No, I'm not doing that because I'm not watching those again. Well, we're first. We'll have to w- get through like the whole scary movie quad trilogy. Boy, I'm sorry, I've I've ruined your Jim Jarmusch episode. Oh no, no! Just <laughs> I'm just trying to think of what I would do if we had to sit down and rewatch one of those because it's been a long time since the 2000s. Oh yeah. And I am a very different person than when I went to see those first couple. Um, in my defense, I thought about half of Scary Movie 1 was kind of funny. I don't know how I, f- I would feel about it now. I always thought the second one was just hot trash, top to bottom. That's where I bounced. And then they just kept making things like that. Yeah, you... Yeah... But we're not there right but, now. Yeah, yeah, no. This is this is an exploration of uh, two vampires of uh, age. So left wide open. There's uh, some references to like Pythagoras. Yeah, and it it it's not clear how old anyone is or is supposed to be. There's like an elderly vampire who's younger than them. So and it's uh, it's all it's all wrapped in like three layers of metaphor. 
Uh, let's start with our basic cast. We have Tilda Swinton as the vampirous Eve and her husband, Tom Hiddleston, playing Adam. Hmm, interesting names. They they could be those original ones. It's possible. Yeah, yeah because... it's not... <laughs> They, yeah. they do not specify if it is if if these are that Adam and Eve, but they could be. They are incredibly ageless. They never drop hard details. You only hear about myriads and scores of people <laughs> they've known over time. Yeah, they name drop hard. Yep. <laughs> and so the opening is a record kicks off and a spinning shot from above of both of them waking up as the sun goes down. One of them, we will come to find, is in Tangier, surrounded by books. The other oh, is... Oh, so many books. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Vampires are hoarders, we learn in this <laughs> film. <laughs> yes. Yes, they are. And it's it's fun concept to play with, because even the most tidy person, I imagine would get very, very cluttered over centuries. Yeah, I I get there in a week, so I completely understand. Uh, yeah, I'm not taking a photo of this room for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> I have stacks on stacks on stacks of manga and Blu-rays, because I have a problem. So, Adam is not in Tangier. Adam is in Detroit, and... He lives in one of the run-down sections of the city because it makes it look like he's just got another abandoned chunk of land, which he kind of preys upon to stay in obscurity. Mm-hmm. And I, I should note the uh, the introduction shot of them from overhead where it's spinning around, as you said. Uh, perhaps you could say they are feeling a bit spun. You could... uh. You could say Defin that, perhaps? It's definitely possible, especially when we zoom yeah. in on Adam next, because Eve does not speak much. She's just walking through the city to parts unknown. But Adam has someone show up almost immediately. My favorite character, Ian. Yep. Played by the late Anton Yelchin. Oh, he died? Oh, you... D Anton I Yelchin's... Don't... Yeah. Um nope. Oh, it he, was actually he died. I, I yeah. see. Uh yeah, he he had like one of the strongest possible years of a career that was on the rise and a faulty Ford parking brake at the top of his driveway did not hold his car. He went down to get the mail and the thing just snapped, came down and crushed him. Oh, that's awful. It is very tragic. Yes. One of those things that would be the weird, inciting incident in a film. And it's just like, yep, that's where a talent ended. Ugh. So this was one of his final roles. Well, it's a it's a very good one. He he did a great job. Yeah, he plays Ian, the half groupy, half familiar of Adam. <laughs> uh, he's yep. very clearly he's... A, f a gopher. He's arrived with four guitars to add to the collection. Yeah, and Adam and yeah. Eve have almost impossible wealth. They don't go into what they do, how they handle anything, but they can just do things. Yeah, they 
there are quite a few, ju- like I noted, big fat stacks of cash just being handed around. Yep. Um, but yes, uh, Adam's uh, house is just littered with all kinds of like recording equipment and and like a boxy cordless phone from the eighties and just wires everywhere. And I I can kind of see myself getting there at some point. I, I could see the trajectory that's sort of leading me to that, except without the mu- like the musical instruments part. Yeah. Adam loves what we would probably call antiques. To him, he just prefers older models of things. There's talk that some of the guitars yes. he got are 1920s or... They, they name drop like every single one of them. Let's see. I wrote down a 1959 Supro, a 1960 Hagstrom, a Gretsch Chet Atkins 6120 double cutaway, uh, yeah. which... He says, oh, I saw, I saw Eddie Cochran play one of these. And Ian just kind of stares at him until he just adds uh, on YouTube. And uh, related <laughs> to that, this was originally going to have uh, all of the film, or at least Adam's scenes, filmed on analog film. But there was no way by 2013 <laughs> that could be budgeted for. Yeah, I can imagine that would be just too much. Yeah, but that Jarmish really went in on this concept, and he's got just ancient pieces of drums, tape recorders, a whole recording console of indeterminate age. There are cellos. He loves stringed instruments. Yep, the previously mentioned lute, which he is uh, holding in the initial shot. He has a wood cabinet television just chilling here, which he will focus anything <laughs> on a screen through. Yep. Yeah. It, it's an impressive everything. We can't go over it all, but we he just yeah, it's, loves it's, his classic tech. A hoarder is a good description for it. it. It is dense with stuff. And so Ian comes in and he's, you know, he hands Ian a wad of bills for all this. And says, are, you, are you sure of it? Yeah, just, just take the money. And uh, I need, I'm going to do an art project. I would love it if you could get me a bullet, a single bullet, 45, but with the hardest wood possible for the show. It can still be a brass casing. It's going to be an art piece. Yes. Art. Mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing weird there. Yep. And when he sends him off, we cut over to Eve, who is wandering yep. Tangier, and heads to an open-at-night cafe. Um, there, there was another thing that I, I thought was weird. I, I know I, I did this all throughout the, <laughs> the Jigoku episode as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, at, as Ian's leaving, he asks if he can use the bathroom, but uh, it's out of order. And he's like, "Oh no, I'm. I'll I'll call someone and get it taken care of, care of for you." And Adam keeps trying to say no, 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 and then finally just goes, "No." Yes, you're right. He does which, snap, which made me think that like maybe there was something weird going on in there. But I think he just doesn't want anybody in his house. Yeah, uh, Adam is. Uh, I think it's very clear if you know anything about your vampire lore and have put two and two <laughs> together. 
depressed, suicidally depressed in this yes. film. I, I identify with a lot of the things that he, he does here. Not so much the part where you make make like a special bullet to kill yourself and then like point the gun at your own chest. Spoilers for later, I guess. Uh, that part, not so much. No, I understand. Ah. And at this point, yeah. So both of them are going about feeding in their own ways. Adam takes a drive out across town in ridiculous doctor cosplay which <laughs> i i do i do love that is doctor yeah. faust yes I, he will go to see a man he only refers to as and this might actually be his name based on the badge doctor watson jeffrey wright just doing a cameo in a couple of scenes He's, but he's he's just he's the blood guy. He's he's in the blood lab. He's got some blood. And he's willing to give it to this weird creepy guy who just kind of appears every now and then. Yeah. Uh Watson does say that you know, this would probably be easier and safer for both of us if you wanted to schedule this or make arrangements rather than just showing up. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, "Oh, Does not care, still wants to have that sense of control, but he's perfectly happy to hand over a giant wad of bills, and Dr. Watson, <laughs> he has so much fun playing with this prop every time it comes out. He's like uh, a little hacky sacking it into his lab code, or just flipping through it, practically just shy of making it rain in a lab. It's so good. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Tangier, Eve is meeting up with the old John Hurt playing Christopher Marlowe. Yes, yep. that Christopher Marlowe, who they turned sometime in the 1500s and has now been living with his own sort of familiar who gets yep. blood for himself and Eve. Bilal. Yes. One thing about uh, this scene, which is it's a complaint not about the film. Um, so I watched this on the Criterion channel, but it is not a Criterion collection film. Mm -hmm. It is uh, uh, Sony Pictures Classics. And so when Bilal arrives and he starts talking with Eve, the subtitle just says in, uh, in big uh, brackets and all caps, just speaking in foreign language. Ah, which is I did not have the subtitles on for that, and that did not good. That could, eh, could probably have been <laughs> done better. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Bilal is—he's nice. I want—I want your take. Do you think he is Marlowe's lover? I got that sense in yeah. places, but there's nothing explicit. Uh, I think it could go either way. It's—it's it's pretty. It's left pretty open. He's he's most he's kind of just a plot device, really. Unfortunately, it's fair. Yeah, both of these two leave the film for the most part uh, a little after yeah, this. I'm, yeah, I'm not really sure why John Hurt is in this movie, aside from having John Hurt in your movie, uh, which, uh, to be fair, is a good reason. This is a cast of like. Roughly ten people, so if you cut them, this only tightens further. <laughs> He's basically there to just 
uh, be an additional like funnel for uh, name dropping stuff and for Eve to like tell him her emotions before she before she goes off to join the rest of the plot. It's it's all like really it's it's all well done, but I I just kind of left my. I, he he literally you you mentioned he does just disappear for like a full hour yeah um before they leave the two of them have a nice conversation on a dock just chilling uh, on the side of the sea and marlo mentions he has been having dreams of eve's sister which he takes as ill portent yeah there's a lot of foreshadowing about the sister, which se- several characters just sort of have dreams about her, and they talk as if, like, oh, this is bad, this is, like, bad, bad, bad. Like, in other vampire media, this would be, like, this girl slaughtered a village right in front of them. Huh. But it it kind of turns out they just think she's annoying. Yeah. They think she's self-destructive, which doesn't fit with their very ordered lifestyle. Yes, so, so ordered and not self-destructive at all. Uh, well, okay, yes, Adam is on the verge of shooting himself <laughs> with a custom bullet like he's Golgo 13, but still. He's got her books. <laughs> she's, yeah. She's got many, many books. Anyway. So, they don't dwell on it, but you get the sense that... Each vampire has some sort of special gift. Uh, Eve uh-huh. can touch something and just, like, know its history. She's, like, yeah. embracing um, some of Adam's guitars and just being like, oh, yeah, you can feel the hands that were on this. Uh, when yeah, she she, she, t- she touches one and just goes, it's 1902. She finds the bullet and goes, this is fresh. What the fuck are you doing? And... I get the sense, based on everyone going, oh god, I dreamed of your sister, that Ava, when the sister, when she shows up, will make a comment about, oh yeah, I, you know, you did dream about me, I did get in touch with you. I think that's her gift, is okay. whatever this communication is. Sure, that that is believable. She is just kind of like, wow, it worked? Cool. Yeah. And they kind of move on from that forever. Um, Eve, Eve's touching is, there, there's a lot of that going on, um, when, uh, she's, uh, sort of sifting through her apartment, she's pulling out books for travel, and, uh, she just sort of opens them and just runs her hands along the pages, which I, I guess acts as, as reading, just a quick swipe, really. Um, she knows all of the languages at this point. Um, yeah, Eve Eve seems to be possibly universally lingual based on what she's she's pulling in books of every script, <laughs> various ages. It's a and scene that I feel I would be more impressed by if I could read any of it. <laughs> um and there like the other vampires also have some something going on with their senses like uh there, there's many scenes involving them uh, commenting on or, like, putting on or taking off their gloves. Yes. And and so I, I kind of get the sense that, like, they all have, like, a little bit of that, but hers is 
extremely powerful. And, you know, if she is the eldest, which it's kind of hard to tell. They don't say who begat who. We just have Adam and Eve are ancient compared to everyone else. Who knows? So at this point, yeah, uh, Marlo and Eve are chatting. Uh, Marlo is very embarrassed in 2013 to be having that name thrown around. And Eve kind of <laughs> does a, we got Dobson here. See, nobody cares to the old man. <laughs> I actually thought it was very cute because, yeah, Christopher Marlo, a white guy in 2013. Yes, people are all going to think that you're Shakespeare. Good job. <laughs> yeah they they do play around with that quite a bit um they eventually settle on just calling him kit which i guess was also a nickname of the real christopher marlowe so eve and adam both have their types eve loves artists but mostly writers and uh marlowe will make a comment about how I think it's Marla who makes the comment. Oh, yes. Shelley and Byron and all of them just turned your husband into an insufferable twat. Yeah, those two do uh, come up in a few scenes. (laughs) I just love that Marlo's like, you had such a nice young man before he met all those goths and then spent 500 (laughs) years like that. (laughs) I'm I'm sure it's not. I'm sure it was not quite that simple, Mr. Marlowe. And uh, um, Adam loves musicians and scientists. All of them. Oh, yeah. And the bitterness he has towards what happened to a lot of thinkers throughout all of recorded history. The Roman Empire, the Inquisitions, the Church, all sorts of those targets. He is disgusted with humanity. They're both disgusted with humanity, but his is a visceral she's, hatred. Yeah, she's she's willing to willing to let them like let them be and just disgusting over there. He is mm-hmm. mad about the zombies. And it has been mentioned that especially for people who rely on blood, it is becoming less safe to just drink random people because the sheer levels of pollution and contamination in the earth mean you might sip the wrong person and all of a sudden uh you've been poisoned wait which i don't know i don't know about that considering sanitation over the past several thousand years i'm i'm not i'm i'm not necessarily convinced that it's it's so much worse than the average i yeah and like there anyway, like there's there's definitely a a whole subtext about like pollution and global warming that they bring up from time to time mhm so i get i i do i like i i do get what they're going for i i just can't help but think like okay but the they they did have like a lot more plagues in the past N- Not the best example currently, but, um... The contamination line makes me think it's something like, sort of how, you know, mercury buildup in fish, you eat too much of that, you can have an effect. Sure. 
It's it's something like that's in the environment. Everybody's breathing it in now. Yeah, it's... They're never clear on it. It's just contamination, but that it's, is it's, the threat. It's, it's reminiscence about the good old days. Mm-hmm. Back when back when all the stuff that they got was clean. Yeah, you could just suck some random person dry and that was it. You were good. So they they both get home, have their blood, and the pair of them then link up over a Skype call. All three of them have like a little teensy little uh, shot glass of blood. And then they just lean back and their fangs start uh, start to emerge and they just like sit there with like blood on their faces and they're blissing out. And the only time you really see the fangs is directly after they sip on blood. Yep, I I think there's one exception at, at like the very end of the film. Mm-hmm. And so uh <laughs> I did enjoy I watched <laughs> this with one of my housemates and around the second or third one of these scenes, she just turned to me and went so this film's not like blood is heroin, right? No, no, it's oh. not one of those. Uh, it's it's a little bit of one of those. <laughs> it's a little bit of one of those, but one of my so that, favorite films is Requiem for a Dream. So I, okay. that's the question that was being asked, basically. Okay, it is not Requiem for a Dream, no. Yes. B- but very few films are, to be fair. God, don't I wish more <laughs> films were Requiem Give me the Marvel <laughs> Requiem for a Dream. I want to see what they do with something that grimy. Ah. <laughs> uh, anyhow. Yeah, Adam <laughs> is... This video call... This video is call is amazing. <laughs> because <laughs> on Eve's end, it's just, I'm going to pull out my iPhone and stick it on a thing. And hello, love. <laughs> on Adam's end, it is isn't old laptop that is wired into a tube television and you can tell he only has the laptop because he needs a camera (laughs) (laughs) yes the the camera is hooked up directly on top of the television so it's all the shots of him are like completely stationary centered on his face and uh she's just holding her iphone out uh and it's like waving around it is clear that they like they actually filmed on a phone Yes. And, and uh, you know, that's, that's, what, that's Jarmish. He'll and, go with those details. And at at one point at the end of the call, uh, she leans in for a kiss and, like, she kisses the screen, which is not where the camera is. <laughs> but, uh... You know, it's not like he's gonna notice. So, I this whole thing is interrupted because someone is at the door. There's, like, people ringing his doorbell when he's trying to just play something for her over the connection. And that also means he doesn't have to be on camera. Well, uh, what, she is, uh, they're having the conversation and, like, within a minute she's like, okay, what's up? What's wrong? He's like, uh, zombies, uh, life suffering. Uh, and finally she, uh, the, the conversation goes for a bit and she's like, Fine, I'll come to Detroit. Can't believe you're doing this to me. I'll come to Detroit. Um, she doesn't say so. She makes that a surprise. Uh, I, I don't think she does, actually. She doesn't say that because 
when she shows up, he's surprised by it. I did not get that impression at all, but okay. Anyway, the 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 whole sequence after that where he's playing the music, there's a reel to reel uh recorder that is spinning around and it's intercut with her also spinning around in the same directions. Yep. They do a lot with the connection these two have. You can tell why they've stayed together for centuries, possibly millennia. They're on a very similar wavelength. It's just they've... They need a break sometimes. Yeah, and they're clearly very different people in love, but rather than let that be a wedge, they just share the space they need. And also, it's probably a good idea that literally anyone talks to Adam, because you can you imagine <laughs> how much more depressed that guy would be if he didn't have anyone around? <laughs> I mean, at this point, his total number of people around is two, and one of them is only through video call. Yes, fair. Um, but... But uh, the doorbell. Yep. And there are... A bunch of little metalheads outside who have been, you know, they're trying to get something. And, you know, there's no response. Finally, they go away. So the next night, and we see a little bit of Eve planning her flights. It'll be yep. two successive flights. She's packing. She, she's searching through her books and packing the ones that she needs. <laughs> two and suitcases worth. Yes, she needs a lot of books. She reads very fast. I imagine you would, but it's one of those things just like... She tells the uh, receptionist at the uh, airline that her name is Fibonacci. Yes. Which is I think it's the in, only uh, alias in, she uses in the film. It's insufferable. Yes, I definitely <laughs> like... Adam's gimmick of I'm going to do a bunch of very on-the-nose horror movie references instead. Uh, the next time he shows up to Dr. Watson, he goes by Dr. Caligari. I, I think he was still Dr. F Faust. Uh, Dr. Watson was just, like, funning around with him. It's possible. I just know that, yeah, there's <laughs> more than a few references between those two. Yeah, just just a couple. Yeah. <laughs> Watson has so much fun needling this prick. <laughs> you know, that uh, stethoscope you're wearing is practically an antique. Uh, 1970s, oh. maybe 60s. Oh, really? Yeah. And then he just turns and leaves. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> does not even wait for a response. Every exit he makes from that room is the biggest middle I'm, fingers I... <laughs> extended you can give without extending your middle fingers. I am done now. Yep. You have your wad of bills, I have my tube of blood, we will both fuck off for a few weeks. <laughs> I hate you, you hate me. Bye. <laughs> uh. And so, yeah. Uh, the next night, Ian arrives, and Adam is very upset because, you know, those metal kids are here. What are you going to do about it? How is this happening? So Ian's like, no, no, I'll, I'll do something. I'll 
spread some rumors around town, make it seem like you moved. I want, I'll muddy the waters for you. It's this. This this is, this is kind of where we find out that he's like a, a, a secretive internet sensation for his music, and like people are trying to hunt him down, basically, just, just like trying to dox him. Yeah, he is a musician himself. You know, we've mentioned he yes. has all this equipment, but all, he composes all the equipment. Yeah, and just he will just every so often, maybe once a century every two centuries just dribble some of his music out into the world <laughs> anonymously he doesn't care to be credited he just wants to know it's out there that's his legacy and he's currently uh, he, writing a lot of mu of funeral music yeah but a lot of what he's doing uh is getting picked up on or possibly stolen by Various underground sort of grungy bands. And this is actually yep. uh, a real band. The one one of them playing is uh, White Hills, an actual Detroit band. But some of the things that are being played throughout the film are Jim Jarmusch's own band, Squirrel. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, Jarmusch uh, very much involved in every layer of his productions up to and including music. He's Carpenter-like that way. Yeah, no, I I completely believe it based on just just watching this film. Yes. So it's <laughs> yeah. Uh, he uh, Ian also brought the bullet, by the way. Yes, he does have the bullet now, and this is the night before Eve arrives. He's just you know playing around with the gun. He's loaded it and he sticks it to his chest. Doesn't do anything, but you know he's just thinking. When it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hiddleston cool. is playing this character so much drier than anyone else, and Eve is sort of got that sort of bubbly Tilda Swinton charm. A little so, bit. She's she's also a bit drier than most everybody. Yeah, but she seems like she would actually smile once in a while, and Adam seems like his face would shatter if he did so. And speaking of Eve, she's on uh she's on the airplane. Uh she's uh, she's reading out Shakespeare's Sonnet 116, which is uh very appropriate. I don't remember it off the top of my head, but it's it's more or less describing the plot right now. But oh oh my oh my goodness, the guy across the aisle, he he cut himself on the pull tab of his drink and is just gushing blood everywhere. And so she just sits there and just stares at him bug-eyed until it's cleaned up. Um, There was also an incident like this in the hospital. Like, he, he walked by uh, some patient who had, a, like, a nasty cut. And he just stops. Yeah, and, leg wound oh, being unwrapped. Blood. Oh, right, bye. It's interesting how they play with their hunger, because <laughs> until the very end, it never seems to affect them. Yeah. But then they, we also know they're taking they, a shot glass a night. Yeah, they've got they've got what they need under control. Yeah. So, yeah, he's got the bullet. And the next night, Eve arrives and she shows up at his door and he is instantly. He's not more upbeat, but he's very polite. You can see 
why these two are together. He's holding. Yeah, they have have this sort of ritual where he invites her in. She presents her hands and he just gently removes the gloves and then puts her gloves on his gloves. Yep. It's so lovely because we just get this little scene of the two of them walking around the house and he's showing her the new guitars Ian brought and we see his wall of musicians and scientists (laughs) and it's just conversation if there's anything you want to bring up we've kind of covered some of this with the touch uh he he wants to talk about einstein's theory of entanglement spooky action at a distance um this is the uh let's see i think this is where they start talking about how the zombies have contaminated their own blood and that's why they have to go to like very specific places to get to get the good stuff yeah um oh um after after they meet up uh they they have a thing which kind of just ends up being a thing for the rest of the movie is just like a tell that they've just had their blood they just have blood on their mouths but it'll Which usually just be I, on one corner. Yeah, just one corner. There's just like a splash of blood there, and they never clean it off. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I, I, I'm wondering if it's supposed to be like a, like a metaphor for like, uh, like you, uh, track marks or something like that, needle marks. You know, it could be. I, I've just had my stuff. It's, it, uh, it's obviously not a one to one because they could just like get a napkin and wipe it off, but. Yeah, just lick a lip. But, um, yeah, there was no commentary track on the Criterion channel. I would have watched it in a heartbeat. But, yeah, I would be curious how on the nose that metaphor is or intended beyond, well, of course, they're addicted to it, just like a junkie. Um, yeah. I don't know how deep that metaphor goes. It's not, it's not malicious like a lot of movies would with that sort of metaphor. Yeah. We see them in withdrawal, we see them, we see what happens when you overdose a little, and you've covered the whole spectrum. We see what happens when you uh, take some bad stuff. Ooh, yeah. Uh, at but this, this point, this, the... this, this is not me just being weird about drugs, by the way. They literally call it the good stuff. Yeah, they will the refer movie. to any of the blood they get from their suppliers as the good stuff. And only the good stuff. <laughs> Uh, around this point is when the power goes out, and so <laughs> we head outside to... So, part of Adam's <laughs> love of scientists <laughs> is that at some point, when he knew Nikola Tesla, he learned how to make basically an infinite energy generator. Yeah, it's powered by outer space. Yep, he made it, he made it himself. Kind of, yeah. And so it's just <laughs> underneath a thing and don't, there's a recurring don't. thing where he hates the mess of wires and yep. fuse boxes just he just the, pulled it all out. Yeah. Um but he's just got this one connection to his house and it's just uh under a trap door in a ruined nearby structure that looks like it's grown over. Yeah. And don't worry about those weird mushrooms over there. It's it's probably fine. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a car that runs on one of these things, too. We just yeah. see it briefly. Yeah, I, 
the um when he leaves the house uh in the uh in the scrubs and such it's not immediately clear uh if it's like him or ian and he just goes off in the back and just does something under the hood and the car turns on yep and it's a weird device because it basically looks like what if a ps3 had a bunch of speed lines on it in metal (laughs) it doesn't look real no, they don't even try, and I think that kind of makes it funnier yeah. that these just keep coming, like, showing it's, it's, up randomly. It's like something straight out of Lost in Space. Yeah. Jim, what are we going to do about the weird sci-fi stuff? I don't know, just throw a box together, man. It's got to be metal. <laughs> I, I don't care. It's Generators not metal. are metal, right? <laughs> yep. uh, he, also, he also takes her out on a tour through Detroit. The wilderness yep. that used to be Detroit. Uh, she is optimistic about the future of Detroit because they have water, and once global warming hits and the South is on fire, uh, this place is going to thrive again. I have the line, When the cities in the South are burning, this city shall bloom again. There is water here. <laughs> okay. Uh See, they they go to the ruins of the Michigan Theater. It was the most incredible and wonderful and luxurious theater ever made. Now it's a parking lot, just like me. (laughs) Uh, You're only slightly exaggerating. The only thing that's left off is that last bit. I'm being pithy, I know. Oh, yeah. I just want to say, that's 90% a direct quote from the film. That's all. Uh, they also hang out in the house, and Eve has created some uh, some edibles. She made some blood popsicles. Yes. Uh, she she made them in the freezer, which she says, it doesn't work. And she's like, I fixed it. No, what she says is, I plugged it in. Oh, great. <laughs> he just never does that. <laughs> and so they, they just hang out sucking on blood popsicles and playing chess and talking about Mary Shelley for a bit. It's not... It's not my favorite scene. She wins the game. He says, you're brutal. And her claim is just, I'm a survivor, baby. Which, uh, you know, I think that's that. Eve still has that spark. She's not going to let herself go quietly. Yeah. She's she's going to live, damn it. <laughs> Whether she has to Dep- drag him along or not. Depression? Fuck you. If only we could all do that. I mean, that's everything about me. I am the Eve here. I suppose. So Adam goes out to get some extra blood because between the popsicles and two people being here, uh, they've gone through the supply much faster than he expected. And she just sort of wanders around the place. She's, you know, just touching some of his equipment, <laughs> things that she hasn't, and this is when she finds the gun, finds just, the bullet, realizes how fresh it is. The gun's just on the floor by the bed. It's just right there. Yeah, I thought he tucked <laughs> it under at one point, but yeah, that and a few other lines are why I say, no, he absolutely didn't know she was coming. Uh, I suppose that's fair. Unless he, he forgot that he left it there in, in a blood frenzy. <laughs> <laughs> Just leaving my guns around in a blood frenzy. <laughs> and the, conjures up such what, a better image. I've I've found things where they shouldn't be after I drink, so 
Fair enough. And so, you know, he, he gets back and he's like, hey, got blood. And she just... I forget, does she start the scene putting the gun to herself, or is that the punctuation? Um, that's after he, she tries to confront him about it, and he's yes. just, he kind of tries to brush it off. And then Tell uh, me you're having she, trouble with one of the others. You know, yes. I don't see any others, ever. <laughs> Wrong answer. Um, yep. And so yeah, she, she points it at herself, and they do the high-speed vampire thing, which they do extremely sparingly in this movie. It's only a couple it's of three times. times. Yeah, yeah. the The way this pl- sort of plays with vampire lore is, it's vague. It's it only ever really comes up if it's necessary for the scene. Um, like uh, they they just don't go out during the day. They 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 just don't. And like, are they gonna die immediately? I don't know. They figured it out by now. It doesn't matter. Yeah. They're just not gonna go out. Will they instantly turn to ash? Will they burst into flames? Uh, they? We're just not going to do that. Maybe maybe that's where they got the sparkle thing from. Yeah. Maybe if we're playing by Anne Rice rules, they'd probably be old enough they don't have to worry about that anymore, <laughs> but they're still gonna. I always did wonder how they figured that out in Anne Rice's stuff. The oldest ones are just like, nope, I'm immune to sun because I have the oldest blood. It's like, how did you test that? Uh, hmm. You know, it, the sun is pretty hard to avoid. To be fair, yeah, it's it's kind of it's it's a lot. There's a lot of sun out there, as as hard as some of us may try to shut ourselves in. And as I've learned from reading the later Anne Rice novels, she definitely didn't really care about the little details. Yeah, I mean that's 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 completely fair. I it's, think it's, Tale of the Body as, Thief is where I realized she stopped caring. As as long as a, an author is just, like, consistently inconsistent about something, I don't really mind that much. Reasonable. If if it seems like they care, and then, like, four books later, or TV shows do this a lot, like, four seasons later, it's just... Like, say, if in The Vampire Diaries... They make a big deal about how uh, uh, there is there is exactly one <laughs> cure for vampirism in the entire world. Then by the end of the series, like eight vampires have taken it. You know, maybe maybe that's not great. I like how both of the examples we were going to use RCW shows because I was basically about to say, ah, so the Flash. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of loving trash media. Yeah. Or then Okay. I Yeah. I'm just gonna say it. The first like three seasons of the Vampire Diaries are great and you should check them out and then stop. I'm entirely okay with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Eventually I will get back to where I will watch yeah. things for fun again. But I that... am a masochist who has about seven podcasts. Yeah. Um, I have to schedule my leisure time around recordings. I that is fair. Um, it's it's just one of those shows where they just by like episode six they just decide no we're just gonna keep moving forward constantly just pedal to the metal one hundred percent of the time and just make everything up as we go along 
which is really fun for a few years, and then it tends to not last. Anyway. Yeah. You know, when you start changing things over time, you have flaws and different people treat different things as being required. And yeah, it's just Ship of Theseus a show. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely been more than a few. We were talking about Dexter a bit before we started recording. <laughs> yep, I'm watching it. He's not. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not interested at all. <laughs> I'm going to do this to myself. I'm going to get on Mr. Dexter's wild ride again. I'm back, baby. I Ghost mean, Deb I is swearing at him in his head. That's all I need. Okay. Great. <laughs> it's trash. Is, is, is his dad also there yelling at him? Nope. Deb no, has taken they... over. Oh, good. You can't have two ghosts. Here's the thing. Ghost Harry never said whatever weird compound swears Deb always came up with. That's true. I've always suspected that the actress just uh, ad-libbed a lot of those. I know, and it's great because they finally kicked back up. <laughs> So anyway, uh, in all in all of this time, uh, the two vampires just started dancing to trapped by a thing called love. Yep. And then the doorbell rings. Oh. Uh, and it's Ava, Eve's younger sister. Oh my God, this fucking girl. Uh, uh. Th this girl made a wrong turn on her way to True Blood. She is absolutely a true blood vampire yeah. in this gothic romance. Yeah, it, it's like, it's like the movie almost starts to have a plot. She shows up and she like tries to get one going, and <laughs> the our main characters are just resisting this at every turn. <laughs> Eve is willing to humor her. They haven't seen each other in eighty-seven years. Quote since the Paris thing. And Adam is like, get out of my house. What are you doing here? Get the fuck out. And she's just like, where's your blood? And he is <laughs> going out of his way to hide it unsuccessfully yeah. from her. Yeah, neither of them will tell her where the blood is. Yep. Even Eve is just like, um, we'll get you some. Just stay right here. Yeah, you're staying with me. So she's trying to, yeah, kind of run the show, do things for a bit. She wants, she wants to party. She wants to vampire party. Mm -hmm. She, she also uh, gets mad that they're uh, still afraid of garlic. Or no, it, yeah. it, it, uh, it's uh, it's bad luck to cross a threshold uninvited. And she's just like, oh, what? And and you're afraid of garlic now, too? So, yeah. just kind of picking and choosing vampire lore. It, I do like the idea of, yeah, of course they'd go with some superstition, because <laughs> how do you, like the sun thing, how do you test that without possibly dying? I can go without garlic. Exactly. If I need to, turns out I can just cut that. I gave up meat. I could probably give up garlic. Ava is sort of schoolgirl, teenage girl thing with Adam. And 
It doesn't even seem to be to needle her sister. She doesn't seem to try and spite Eve in any way. She's got yeah, no beef with her sister. But she's just kind of, I don't know if it's a crush. I don't know if it's just a man about Adam. And it's like, oh, yeah, play me some of your songs. I want to hear your songs. No. Give me a download. No. And eventually the two of them go to sleep and Ava is left on the couch and she breaks into various things, including a lot of blood supply. But uh, when they wake up the next day from this, she says, I've heard some of your songs out in L.A. That's definitely not the case. No, no, I've definitely heard your music out in the wild. And so she says, especially after Ian shows up and it's like, ooh, Ian, we should go to a club. We should do something. And eventually... <laughs> Over a lot of protest, you just see Adam looking miserable at a table with these other three in this grungy little <laughs> yep. basement club. With the two vampires and Ian's there. Yep. He's, he's got himself a, a nice Pabst Blue Ribbon, which he uh, displays for the camera several times. Mm-hmm. Wonder, wonder why he did that. Uh, no clue. <laughs> He offers some to Ava, you know, not even not knowing her age, just not even going to pretend otherwise. It's like, no, I got my own. And she pulls out this silver flask. <laughs> uh, he, he also so loves good. all of their gloves. He's, he, he thinks yes. they're very fashionable. These are so good. Where did you all get these? <laughs> I think there's a comment that, like, they're at least they're... 70 years old in one mention. Still uh, passing. They, they, as the scene goes on, they just all start putting on giant shades, and Ian just also does that. Oh, okay, this is what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm but, cool, I fit in. Ian is charming in this dipshit, groupy way. Yeah. You, you can see he admires Adam, and he wants to be, you know, he doesn't want to do him dirty, but you also see that Ian is the reason that this music is getting out when he just quietly sneaks off for a bit to talk to the band and, you know, sort of gives them a vinyl on the down low for some cash. So, just keep, keep, yeah. keep it quiet, you know, just don't, don't, uh, don't, uh, don't spread it too far. Don't, don't, yeah. don't tell anyone I gave this to you. Exactly. <laughs> And a little after this is when the band starts playing one of Adam's songs for him. Not knowing it's his, not knowing the man is in the room, but... Yeah, what's he gonna do about it? Yep. And so, uh, this is when they leave. The yep. little after the... He has snatched the <laughs> yeah. flask from Ava. Uh, Ian danced with Ava, and it, it's terrible dancing. Oh, um, yeah. He tr he tries to get he tries to get some of the flask. He's like, I want to try some of that, and it disappears yep. for like the rest of the scene. Whoa, <laughs> that's like some kung fu stuff. <laughs> uh, this guy is an idiot. I I do an, I do like him. He is he is the one character I like, but he is so dumb. Yes, yeah, cannot put two and two and two and two together. <laughs> but whatever. 
So they head out and they're back at the house. Adam's yeah. done. Yeah, Adam is fucking pissed. And he doesn't say anything to Ian about seeing the record or hearing the songs in the wild or whatever. But the last thing he says to them before even Adam turn in for the night is, you know where the exit is, right? Yeah, I'm going. <laughs> so, or is he? In theory, Adam probably meant, take this girl, go fuck on your couch, do whatever. And then they wake up. <laughs> and oh, Ava no. is a covered in blood. <laughs> Ava decided it's time for plot. And Ian is not moving <laughs> on top of her. Yep. And so, whatever they did, she went into a blood frenzy. She wrecked a lot of things. There are shattered records <laughs> on the floor, tapes pulled out, guitars. One of the guitars brutalized. smashed. Um, when when Eve notices this, there was a weird moment, like another weird vampire power moment. Uh, she, mm -hmm. she, she was, uh, coming around through the house with, like, some blood as just sort of, like, a peace offering for Ava. Then she sees yeah. the carnage. Uh, she drops it on the floor and it pools up. As she walks by it, it just kind of curdles really, really fast. Or maybe freezes. It, it wasn't too clear and it was a very quick shot. But yeah. it was, it was, it was not just from spilling the blood. It was specifically as she was walking by. Yeah, it's one of the few little visual effects they do in this film. It's, you know, uncommented on. Yeah. One thing I like about the film is that, yeah, these characters are all a hundred plus years old. To them, this has been daily life. They don't call out the weird vampire shit. To them, it's just, oh, well, this is just what we do. And they're they're even just kind of like not that upset about the body, they're just done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh -oh. You get the sense that. I mean, once you once you've been living for a thousand to infinite years, yes. Yeah. Everybody you know is gonna die eventually, and you know they. They just, they know how to deal with it. They're not happy about it. Like he actually liked Ian. Yeah, he was a little hurt by their trading thing, but it's like, you know, kid was good to me. I was trying to set him up, help him out. You know, one of the things he says when he's trying to pay him off for helping him the other night is, "You don't have to give me another one of these. You already paid off my car." And eventually. Adam wakes up and walks into the room, and <laughs> it was just like, I didn't mean to. And, and I think all he says here is, oh, Ian's dead. Okay. He just walks right back out of the He's not going to entertain this for a moment yep. longer. Just walks right back out of the room. And Ava just gives Eve this, like, I'm sorry, grin. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh she so she's like sick now she feels sick and eve just says what do you expect he's from the fucking music industry yes <laughs> yeah uh. whatever blood poison is 
probably some of it in the end if it's disease if it's drugs if it's god <laughs> it's, knows what he's got a little bit of everything in there just a, a nice lovely ian stew yep <laughs> adam <laughs> has grabbed her bags and just starts hucking them out the front door <laughs> that's my shit yes well go Get out of my house. Fuck you. Go fuck each other. And she's gone. Yeah. And yeah, she just leaves the movie. We hear nothing else of her. She's She goes off to where she's wanted. So at this point, the two of them are just kind of sitting there on the couch. And well, the three of them, technically. <laughs> the two living dead folk. And they're just kind of taking stock, and you get the sense that if one less thing had added up this way, they would probably just try to go on living. But yeah. another group of fans is outside during all this, and that's getting on his nerves. A bunch of people saw them at the club last night. Yep. Yeah, that's another line as well. We were all out together visibly at this club. And so Eve goes, all right, we're going. And she starts making arrangements to get them flights over to her place. And Adam is very upset in the middle of this when she's just like, oh, yeah, carry on only. Like, what about my stuff? I'll buy <laughs> you a new instrument. Well, first they need to do something about the body. And so they, they, carry, they carry Ian out to the car, just kind of like clumsily. Just like a weird wacky comedy moment where they like bump his body against the edge of the car. Yeah, in another film, and... this would have been where someone's just going, ow, ow, inside a rug. Yeah. Damn it, let me go. <laughs> but previously, they had, uh, the, I guess the last time they had to do this, um, th there were a bunch of tuberculosis victims in the Thames. And they could just yes. do that. But what are we going to do now? Oh, we're going to go to the old Packard plant. It's got coyotes in it. And we're going to take Ian's body to some liquid. And we're just going to toss him in there. And he dissolves immediately. <laughs> yeah. And then they leave. <laughs> and... A thing we haven't commented on in this movie, because it's sort of hard to talk about long meditative shots and night drives around a city that conversations are in. This is the final one of those. And yeah, there's in been it, a few of them and they're pretty lengthy. Yeah, they're very tense. This is not two lovers having a night drive and enjoying each other's company. This is we're stopping at every sign and we're going to tense up when a policeman has his sirens on to cross an intersection. And it's one of the only times in the movie that we really have a sense of danger for our cast. Yeah. And it's not like it's it's not really like anything that they can't get out of. It's just we have a problem and we have to deal with this problem now. You can't just go tossing bodies around anymore when there are cameras, even in the sort of wrecked section of Detroit. Yeah. Fortunately, we have this acid pool over here by the coyotes. Why? 
like why did they stretch the budget for cgi coyotes i don't <laughs> i don't know why they were there i i don't know maybe they threw it in with the package that included the fast vampire hands <laughs> <laughs> hey you get you do three scenes of this we can give you one animal okay um coyotes because wolves in a city would be weird, says Jim Jarmish. <laughs> I mean, I, I have not seen any wolves around here, and I have seen some coyotes, so. Yeah, I'm in California. We have coyotes in any kind of... I'm... They were by my house a lot growing up. Yeah, I'm closer to Detroit than you are, but I am not in Detroit. <laughs> the flights have to be uh, departing and arriving at night. Yes. Like, it's very, we don't hear the other side of this conversation, but it's very clear that the receptionist is baffled by this. Mm -hmm. Um, and somebody on IMDb put this in the goofs section. They've, uh, <laughs> they, it's like, this is impossible. This doesn't work. So, pretentious vampire film destroyed by facts and logic. Also, they can't take any blood, by the way. This, yep. is, this turns out to be pretty important. It's okay, because uh, Marlo's got the good stuff, right? Yeah. Oh, the, speaking of the conversation with the airline, there is <laughs> one very good unstated bit. No, no, we, we, can't, uh, we can't stop in London. Oh, Madrid's okay, sure. No idea why. <laughs> Look, they, they, it's been a long time... It's London. Something happened. Mm. Yes. They they get to Tangier, and we're doing a lot of the same shots from the opening walk, but this time there's the two of them, and they are hungry. And there's just been this guy in the neighborhood where he does not make any moves or anything. He'll just yeah. kind of reach out a hand as she passes, and he's like, Hey, I got what you need in this broken English. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of those people uh, in in those walks. Just they ha they have what they need. They probably yep. don't, but they think they do. And uh, unlike Eve, Adam is a lot less pleased with this. He just pulls off his sunglasses and looms over the man. And goes, <laughs> I don't think you do. Yes, it's a very good and, uh, vampire glare. Yeah, they just back inside and close the door. <laughs> I mean, what, if you're in the I got the stuff you need back alley business, you know when to, to just pull the plug and go away. Mm-hmm. But for two nights, they cannot raise Marlowe. Maybe should have and called him before you left. Yeah. Eventually, they head over to the little cafe they've been at, which is closed for the night, and just pound on the back door until Bilal lets them in. And all he says in a broken English is, uh, things, are, things are not good. He takes them behind a trick wall into the little sanctum where Marlo is dying. It's kind of a cave, really. It is it is another vampire uh, collection of the shit that you like, plus five centuries. In his case, he was writing. Yes. Just, just unfinished manuscripts, and there's 
pieces, maybe some older works, maybe some drafts. They they greet each other with Hamlet quotes. My favorite little detail in this scene is that just while we're <laughs> looking around the room during this discussion, there's just a knife through a picture of William Shakespeare. <laughs> Illiterate zombie philistine. Yes! <laughs> but, you know, he was a handy stooge, and he could get all his works out that way, and they've stood the test of time. He's very proud of it. <sighs> but, and... But now he's dying. He got some kind of contaminated blood. No more French doctor. He got the bad stuff. He's relatively pleasant with Adam, even in this one last bit. There's there's a couple of barbs traded, but neither of them is going to be shitty in times of trouble. He's got one flask that has the last of the good stuff, and he knows it will be of no use to him. He hands it off to these two and expires. They run through it within, like, a minute. Yeah, he dies quick. Yep. So... I guess it's good that they showed up then, or I i don't know, maybe he was fa uh, hanging on with his vampire powers. Who knows? He, he has the tenacity of his stories. Also, Bilal's an excellent writer, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. He'll, he'll, be, he'll be my successor or something. You know, it's, like I say, there's a relationship between those two it's, that... Yeah, it's very close. It's unclear what kind of very close and it mm -hmm. doesn't really matter too much one way or the other yeah you can tell there is a care there just from the little actions the little mannerisms on the scene in the pier um he sort of uh drifts off into his own brain space for a minute and uh it was uh he was thinking about italy and eve just goes was he very handsome <laughs> so yeah. So, at this point, the two of them are alone, and maybe Adam was the only one who was bringing in all the infinite money. Maybe they're just in a pinch, but they don't have any connections. They only have each other in the world. They've basically been backed into a corner, and Eve says, just... Give me, give me that wad of bills in your pocket. I'm gonna get you that gift. It is the biggest and fattest stack of cash in the movie. Yes. Uh, so yeah, she, she says no peeking and walks around a corner. I thought she wasn't gonna come back. I thought I she was done. That. It's just like this yeah. is this is the last straw. This is too much. I just can't do this anymore. Thanks for the money. Bye. Which is mm -hmm. rude, but I really, really thought she was just never going to show up again. And we don't know what happens because we just follow Adam, who sticks behind and then hears... Woman singing a in a foreign woman. language. Yep. <laughs> oh, is that the subtitle? Yep. God, that would really ruin the mood because she's an excellent singer. Yeah, uh, Yasmin Hamdan. It is a really great song. Yeah. It's it's kind and, of a music video, really. Yeah, but it's just her performing for the local crowd, and eventually he's sort of enraptured by this, gets closer, and Eve will startle him out of this by showing up with a giant instrument. 
She's like, oh, yeah, that's uh, that's Yasmin. She sings around here. She could be famous someday. And Adam just goes, God, I hope not. She's way too good for that. Yes. And the, what I wrote in the notes here is, wow, look at the fucking size of that loot she brought. She bought him. It is an ohm. An ohm, I see. It is colossal. Yeah. So, yeah, it's he just sort of, you know, rubs and he's like, oh, yep, that that's an instrument and that's old. Congrats. You've pushed both of my buttons, baby. We're still in it. <laughs> I, I can go on a little bit longer. They lean against this bench and they're sort of discussing in subtle but basically Not explicit terms. We're we're probably going to die here. We have. No guarantees anymore. There is no safety. Everything is a risk now. But they, they, they don't take want they take to off their out. gloves and just sort of hang out vulnerable. Yep. And they see two teens, two twenty somethings wander around the corner. Some juicy, They're into each other. Some nice, delicious looking youths. And they have this very apologetic, like, no, we're not going to do, no, we're, I think her we're comment not. is, we're just going to turn them. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. They might. Yeah, who knows? What yeah, choice do we have? There, there's like a long moment of, uh, are we, are we doing this? Is this where mm. we're at now? And yeah, the last line of the film is, I believe, what choice do we have? And they just walk over and over the course of this walk, they go from looking very haggard to very terrifying. And it's there's only one little bit of effects work on the shot, but it's just all in how they carry themselves coming up to this couple. And that's when it cuts to black. Yep. And we see them with their fangs out and it's and that's the end of the movie. I love it, especially the. uh tune over the credits i did not find out what the track was but it's just this wonderful middle eastern music that is just playing over the scene well not even over the scene just bookends the scene and lets you play it out as the credits roll it's very nice yeah it was it was an it, it was an interesting movie it's like i said it's not in my usual wheelhouse at all but um you know, it's there's there's a lot of just hanging out and just appreciating the details of the scene, and yeah, like the, the it 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 I I could see it being described as a comedy. I don't know if I necessarily agree, but it's it's got some like really funny little bits in it, and it's it's just kind of like uh like again with Jigoku, just this here is my life. Oh no! <laughs> just what one too many bad things happened, and it all just kind of snowballs, and that is usually pretty compelling if it's done well. Yeah, like I said, Ava just kind of showed up with a plot line. Yep, because and really, th uh, until she does, they are pretty much content to hang out. You get the feeling they would probably have just spent a week, maybe two, doing these night drives and. Yeah. She would have snuck the gun out in her luggage and left. Except for Ava. Yeah, the gun gun never really came up again after that one argument. Nope, but to be fair, it was 
within 12 hours when everything had all gone to hell. Mm, that's true. So, yeah. Yeah. That was only lovers left alive, and unless you give me some wonderful opportunity, uh, I have something in mind for my next pick that will probably be a little more in what you think of when you think horror flicks. <laughs> okay. So my pick for next time, it is a movie from the UK from 1973. Mm -hmm. uh, it's generally considered like, it's been considered as basically like a classic of the horror genre for kind of a while. I would really personally classify it more as a thriller, but it's definitely hanging out on that blurry line enough that I'm totally comfortable with uh, choosing it. Mm -hmm. um, this is... You know, vampires are the greatest sin against God, as we all know. It is, is the perversion of the the template that God has provided for us. It is, you know, at, at any, any given thing with... Well, not any given thing, because they didn't play with it in this one, but, like, vampires oh. and crosses, and they're allergic to church and all of that. So we'll, we, we're going to really need to get good with God, I think. Uh, mm -hmm. bring ourselves back uh, back into the light and so this film it's probably better known because uh, in the mid late 2000s there was a really 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 silly remake uh, that's probably better known than the original at this point uh, it is The Wicker Man ah uh, yes uh it is a tale of a police sergeant who is a very, very devout Christian who finds himself on a strange island attempting to find a missing girl, and he discovers that it has been infected with paganism. I love this movie and cannot wait to rewatch it. I'm pretty excited. I, I actually saw it before the remake came out, so I... When that did come out, I was extra baffled. <laughs> like I feel, yes. I feel like the. I'm sure we can discuss this more later, but um, I, I feel like the a lot of the people that made fun of the remake did not realize just how weird it is because they had not seen the original. Oh yeah, and it's uh. Cage did two of those almost back to back <laughs> because a little after the Wicker Man was his bad lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. Ah. Which was kind of a remake of a Harvey Keitel film. Great. Yeah. They, they both have some wild performance, but yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. It's, um, it is available on Amazon Prime, and it's also mm -hmm. in all of the rental places. Uh, nice. So, yeah. Join us next time, and we will check out The Wicker Man. We'll see you soon. Goodbye.